Hi, my name is Rob Scott from UC Today, bringing you the latest news and conversation from the unified communications and collaboration industry. So today we're here to discuss the new rules of shadow IT. And to help explore this topic, I'm joined by the team at CORE. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Hi there. Great to see you all. Uh, interesting topic lined up today. So before we get started, could we just do a quick round of introductions? Connor, would you like to go first? Yeah, I'm Connor. I'm the CEO here at Core. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Ryan Austin. Uh, I'm Chief Commercial Officer at Core. So I work with our customers mostly. Been at Core now for for 13 years. So you know, shadow IT has been a topic we've come across uh, a number of times over those years, but no more so than than we're seeing the last kind of nine months. Thanks, Ryan. And Shannon. Uh, Shannon Johnston. I'm the practice lead. So. Uh, Myself and the, the team look after all of the consultancy and delivery uh, of projects for, for CORE. Superb. So we've got three different perspectives today. Uh, in terms of getting the topic started, I mean, right, probably a good place to start. Let's just do a quick introduction. Uh, you know, who is CORE? What do they do? Uh, How would you go to market, please? Great question, actually. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we're positioning ourselves really as being uh, the complete Microsoft Cloud managed service partner. So what we mean by that is that um, our customers that we, we focus largely on the upper SMB organizations and mid-sized organizations, they're looking for companies that are big enough to have the scale to cover all the elements of Microsoft Cloud, which is Azure, Microsoft 365, and use computes, quite a complex uh, kind of stack of technologies. Uh, they want them to cover that end to end, yet still be the right size to actually care. Um, and given our size and scale, that, that really works well for us. And, by being complete, that needs to have the, the project side of our business, which is educate them around what these tools do, how to use them, how to make them work inside their organization, get them live and getting that kind of time to value being right. But where our strength and depth really lies is in the managed service side, which is keeping it running, keeping it working, keeping it optimized, where most of our customers kind of see that you imagine those things internally, uh, bringing resources internally. It's not an investment that makes sense for them. The scale's not there. Economy's not there. Um, it just doesn't make sense to try and reinvent the wheel and run it in house. So yeah, we're having great success in helping customers, particularly around those areas. Great, thank you very much for that. And yeah, so today's session, uh, we said we'd talk about shadow IT. Uh, so right, you know, in, in terms of shadow IT in the enterprise, you know, what's actually happening out there? What's the current state of play? I mean, it's from, from what we're seeing and from what I'm seeing. Because so I, I, in the sales team, we have a lot of these conversations. Um, we've had certainly since since kind of March timeframe, there's been a lot of new challenges that, that our end users are facing, our, our customers end users are facing, and and with prolific availability of apps now and tools they can download and they can put questions on social media, they have access now to, to tools in a way they never had previously really, and there's new needs. So in our teams, uh, we're looking at kind of digital sign tools and scanning tools when you're kind of working from home. In, uh, in, a, in a very quick, abrupt change from the norm for us. And customers have the same challenges. So the, the first time that our, our customers see that is that they've got data locked in a system that they weren't aware of. They get support calls about our platform they weren't aware of. There's compliance challenges, there's security challenges, um, there's license challenges. Um, it just creates a whole lot of business risk um, that our customers aren't enjoying. So we know why it's happened and customers doing it for, so end users are finding these tools for the, for the greater good. They're trying to be efficient, they're trying to do their job effectively and trying to use the right tools, but 
kind of by bypassing IT, um, bypassing the right channels. They're doing it for the right reasons, but it creates its own problems. So that's the one that we're really seeing is they, these things are out there. Can you help us score? Yeah, thanks for that. And Connor, from your perspective, uh, shadow IT, is, is that something that's often forgotten about in the enterprise or is, is that something that's really, really is a core kind of uh, matter right now? It comes to a head when people have problems generally, but as Roy has mentioned, we've, we've seen a huge acceleration since COVID, since the start of lockdown of adoption of, of shadow IT within organizations. And that presents lots of challenges to the organization. Well, it's a simple cost challenge and a security challenge, compliance challenge. And, and if, and if your service desk isn't aware of it, how, how are they going to help and support these, these organizations? So from our perspective, it's about understanding what you have in your environment, knowing what you have in your environment, and then leveraging the correct tool in the correct place, security and compliant uh, wise. So. so that makes sense. So we're typically quite, um, I suppose, reactive to these issues when they arise rather than actually planning for shadow IT. Is there, is, is there such a thing? Well, there are, we certainly use tools to discover what's in use within an organization because generally generally people will go up sign up for a tool in a department and then it'll spread within the organization that's generally what happens and then it find out about it in hindsight so it's much better to be pretty proactive about this so again our job is to make sure that customers are leveraging the best out of the microsoft cloud really using everything that they've got on that cloud to the, to the best of their advantage and then tools that support that that, that partic those particular platforms, either Azure or Office 365, and then uh, and then applications then that can fit with that. And all again around secure identity, so we know who's using what, where, when, and how. Great, thanks. And Shannon, you, you're quite close to the front line. So, you know, what's happening, uh, you know, at the coal face, I suppose, uh, within these enterprises? Uh, so it's an interesting one because if we were having this conversation 12 months ago or even nine months ago, it would be very different to what we're having now. The, the impact of COVID, the lockdown, the working from home that's been brought to the fore, it, it's really introduced a new dynamic and a new facet to shadow IT. Generally speaking, people, employees, staff, however we want to describe you know, the workforce, they want to do a good job. They want to do well in what they do. And... When, they're f when they have impacts that prevent them from doing that, it might be a particular tool or something that's inefficient, they will always try to find ways of doing better. And that's where that shadow IT is coming in. It's the workforce innovating to try to do better. Uh, and it's understanding why, why and how that's happening. Are the IT policies too restrictive? Does it take too long? Is the agility not there for the company and the IT department to respond? It could be a simple resourcing factor, um, but people are finding these new and innovative ways of doing things um, for the betterment of the company. But unfortunately, IT gets left behind. And as Connor and Rai have mentioned, you've then got data and other assets that the company relies on in places we don't know about. And that brings in all manner of problems. And generally, IT are the last to know uh, and right in the firing line because they're the ones that are looked on to solve it and resolve it. Um, so big, big challenges uh, that we face, but it's all part of everyone trying to do the best that they can. So uh, a really challenging mix of things. And with COVID, it's just taken off because historically people are in their offices. They're within the, the sort of the boundaries or the confines of corporate IT. 
Um, and uh, in some ways, it's draconian. Uh, you can do this, you can't do that. Now everyone's at home. Excellent. We don't have those controls. I can get on and I can do my job. This is fantastic. But just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And that education piece to the users, I don't think is always there of just because you can get away with doing it now that you're at home, you're not in the office. The real question is, should I do it? Or should I raise it with someone in IT to try and improve that process? Yeah, it's a really interesting point. And, and COVID has definitely brought out uh, a lot more bring your own device, so a lot more people using their home computers. So again, shifting data away from the organization's control or control devices into users' personal devices. That has really, really accelerated during COVID and a, and a major concern for a lot of our customers that their assets are, are assets that they value are now sitting on PCs that children are using at home. So, so again, a concern for, for a, lot of, a lot of our customers. Well, Connor, I'm glad you said that because I was just about to say, you know, what's the impact of, you know, remote working and home working on shadow IT? Because we've got so many more tools available to us now, uh, more consumer tools. Um, we're all working from home. We, we have touched on that. But, you know, what's, what's the, the wider impact of uh, the today issue um, like on shadow IT? But, um, just moving away from the shadow IT piece, I think for all organizations now with a huge remote workforce, there's a huge well, wellness piece that needs to be done by organizations. But that aside, looking just at the IT side, the scope and scale of what has to be supported by organizations is just massive now. And the need to move very quickly to remote working has meant that they haven't put in place everything that they need to put in place. They've gone with what they can to get there. So now they need to start using the correct tools in the correct place to support their users and the devices the users want to use. And that's very, very important uh, moving forward. Right, from your perspective, you know, a lot of organizations are now using Microsoft Teams and other alternatives. You know, does Shadow IT play a part in, in these collaboration tools such as video conferencing apps and messaging apps? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we've, we measure usage on, on Teams, and you know, we did a massive drive to educate the, the our customers about the benefits of Teams and and help them with the journey to get it live and get it adopted correctly. Because we we believed in it long before the kind of the working stuff was changing, like it did back in March. But we saw a, a massive spike post March. Um, so organisations that were thinking about Teams as being a, a tool or anything around UC, when a tool to look at in the kind of next six nine 12 months uh, and just see where it fits in their roadmap overnight become that's our top priority because uh, people were kind of pushing these tools out rapidly and i think shadow it and the fear of it was one of the drivers for that because everyone knew that if you are now suddenly you're not in the office the the tools you're used to having may not be there you know we're, we're used to a digital domain but our customers don't always have uh, they're not heavily reliant upon pcs like we maybe uh, would be in our business so the work the way of working change overnight um, and you know, Teams is one of the tools that people could use, or other UC tools out there. But that, that's the way that they could replace a lot of what they've missed by not being in the office, not being in their workplace. And uh, so, IT, if they didn't do that, they knew full they knew full well that someone else would find a tool that they could use. So it could be that they're using WhatsApp, or they might download a, a, a UC tool, and that starts proliferating across the business. And as we discussed already, data starts being put on the platform and shared, um, and a single sign-on may not be put in place properly and multi-factor may not be in place. So you've got all these different connectivity and security issues that can come by 
And I think that the people that were ahead of the curve said, we know it's coming. Let's put teams in there. That solves a lot of our connectivity and communication challenges. It's secure. It's IT driven. We know what goes in there. We can control. Uh, and I think that a lot of that was through fear of if that wasn't done and in very, very rapid rollout, then there'd be other tools that they weren't aware of, couldn't control. Um, and that'd be kind of talking back to the, the the real cost of shadow IT is that, as, as we spoke about before, it's people do it for the right reasons, but um, it doesn't always have desired outcomes and that people don't know what they don't know. And, you know, when they look for a tool to download quickly, they don't think about, well, actually, does it have more to sign on? Is it going to be encrypted properly? Um, do I license it properly? Uh, will the data live in the right part of the world? And there's all those sort of checks that, that might seem mundane that IT have to go and do, but they're really important to enterprise to do right. And um, you've got people that own those responsibilities with things like GDPR and compliance. And yet yeah, some of these tools may or may not align to that, um, but it's just too risky to have uh, someone trying to solve a tactical need with a tool they've been recommended by a friend on on social media and, and putting corporate data in there and using it in anger. That's just that's just the thing that is the real problem that our customers are scared of. And that's why we've got you know, monitoring in place, looking at what apps get deployed and try and make sure if those things happen to at least our devices, that we're at least aware of it and we can respond to it. Um, but as, as kind of mentioned previously, if it's a device that is a home-based, bring your own machine, that presents a whole new challenge. So it's, it's, it is a, it is, it is real. It is a challenge. Um, and, and the first part that we see is try and work out the size of the problem, try and work out what's there to try and fix it. And also just make sure we educate the workforce as to, we know you want to help, but uh, it doesn't always, uh, it's not always a quick fix. No, we want to make sure that IT do it right, enable the, the workforce to have the right tools, which drives down the need to find alternatives in shadow IT. Um, but, uh, but yeah, to your point, it, it is a real ch- it is a real challenge, and it's one that it's it's always been there, but there's a massive rise recently. So I think IT have it's kind of it's it's hit their priority list much higher than it would have been previously. I think there's an interesting grey area there as well, Rye, where you've had um, this sudden surge with the the restrictions on movement and the lockdown, um, the shift from corporate IT central in an office to work from home. It was all about business survival. How can we keep operating? How can we keep maintaining business operations? And you had that supply issue of, well, everyone's used to a desktop. Now they need laptops. Do we have enough laptops in? And then there was, okay, if we don't have enough laptops, let's go and buy some. And then there was supply chain issues. So all of this came in. And as you said, then companies, and we saw it amongst our clients, that they're starting to use Teams. Now, all of a sudden, something that in terms of our working practices would normally take maybe another 24 to 36 months for the industry to to pick up with where the technology is capable. We did that overnight. You know, how many organizations says we cannot operate from work from home, but how many actually came through that and did. But by suddenly shifting the organization to, for example, Microsoft Teams, great product, very versatile instant messaging, video calls, voice calls, integration with lots of other productivity applications. How many of those clients that we we saw initially had Microsoft Office uh, 365 with the Teams capability, but weren't actually using it? So Teams in in its own way was an approved application for the business, but no one had ever actually thought about deploying it. 
No one had thought about the compliance and the, the regulatory impact that it might have. Yes, they were licensed. Yes, the data could still be somewhat centralized, but the com some companies or a, a fair proportion had not thought about how the users were going to organically use it. Um, you had this sort of gray area of, it's not shadow IT, but it is almost because it's an approved product, but we hadn't actually thought how people are gonna use it. So we've got this spread of data and collaboration that's occurring, which is brilliant, but at the same time, it's an approved tool, but we don't have control over it. So there's also going back and looking at the tools we have, the way the users are using them, and then making them appropriate for the business controls that are required for compliance or regulatory requirements. It sounds like there's quite a trade-off between security and user experience. Would you agree, Shannon? Absolutely, and it, it, they're always going to take uh, sort of diametrically opposing views. Um, security, you, you want to bury it in the ground, no cables, no power. Um, you know, the users, they want everything, everywhere, anywhere, anytime. Um, we are almost at that sort of cusp of ubiquitous access. Um, we've got more power in our mobile phones than, you know, supercomputers had 30, 40 years ago um, with, that were running things like the space program. Um, there's many statistics we can quote, um, but you know, how fantastic is it that you can now operate your business geographically dispersed and still have this interaction and this capability of conducting your business, even though there's a worldwide pandemic going on. Um, but the traditional boundaries of security, thinking about compliance, our firewalls, our security perimeter, the lock and key on the front door, they don't exist now. We're entering that phase of um, what is sort of come to the fore of zero trust, approaching things from the zero trust perspective of everything's a threat, everything's a target. We need to protect against that. And this is where shadow IT is now going to come right up that um, sort of spectrum of risk, because whilst it's risk for many, many reasons, it's completely uncontrolled and it's out there at least when it was in the confines of the building, there was still a degree of control. Now, as, as Connor mentioned earlier, we've got people using their home PCs to conduct work, brilliant, innovative, but at the same time, their, their children perhaps are logging in and doing whatever they're doing, um, which it, it's then a conflict. That computer has access perhaps to sensitive information, sensitive data, um, if we go back two years, um, there was a 60-40 split of attack vectors, so the method of penetrating a system. Most of it, 60% was malware. 40% um, was malware-free, so there was nothing actually written to the, to the machine. It was, it was very stealthy, the attack. A year on, so last year, we saw that shift. 51% of vectors were malware-free, so very hard to detect. We're now in 2020. And you know what? Th those bad actors, they keep plugging away. They keep getting better at what they do. They're finding new ways. So the, the risk profile is really going almost vertical. So I'd, I'd, agree with, I'd agree with what um, Shannon has said, but uh, but I would say that the Office 365 platform and, and, and the, the security on that platform and the ability to lock down, both from a compliance and, a, and uh, just from a security perspective, ability to lock down assets, use use AIP and tools like that 
it's just fantastic. And, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that Microsoft have the platform that can secure 99% of most businesses uh, uh, so that they can operate in this new world. And if you're not on the platform, my advice is get onto it fast. Thank you. So, Ryan, talk, talk to me about how Core, you know, solved this problem for their customers. You know, what, what strategy, what approach do you take to, to helping, uh, you know, tackle shadow IT in the enterprise? Sure. So there's there's two main areas that we focus on. Um, it's never quite as simple as that, but it's, uh, we, we've got to start somewhere. Um, so initially, we look at data uh, and kind of how we secure that first. So if we look at security stance, um, historically, people might have firewalls, AV tools, um, authentication, all those things need to be there. But if you secure your data first, then and you don't lose control of that, even if it goes on USB sticks or be sent by emails, that to a large degree gives you extra protection against kind of what we'd see in shadow IT is the kind of the security concerns you you have from data leaving your control. So that's a, that's a big one. And as there's a point earlier about Office 365, Microsoft 365, if you put data in there and you manage that data well, you secure your data, a lot of the other challenges get a little bit easier. The second part that we try and focus on is education to the, the workforce is that um, we've said a few times that it's not a deliberate thing to trip a business up, they'll try to help and it doesn't always work out that way. So if we can address the culture, address the communication as to here's why we do these things, here's why there should be compliance and, and policy. And if you need tools, ask IT first, ask your MSP. They could probably roll out tooling that those, those users need quite quickly if asked. Well, sometimes there's tools there, as, as a point from Shannon about Teams, all these tools are there but not used and therefore unknown. So it's just, just talking through the, to the right people, um, understanding what tooling does exist to, 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 to kind of hit the end goal that users after. Um, I said it earlier, if you kind of, you have that overlaid with that kind of data-driven security model that we'd always recommend, if, if those two things are done, the rest gets a lot easier. Superb. And I believe you've got a two hour uh, complimentary uh, consultation available. So, Shannon, what, what might be included in that consultation period? Um, so th there's different aspects to it, but we look at the, the business, um, what the needs are, what, what the challenges that they face, um, where, where data resides, um, how the users are interacting with the system. Um, so it's, it's a, a look at what is going on in that business, what capabilities there are, and then coming up with suggestions as to how the, the organization can remediate some of those. And quite often, as, as Rise mentioned, um, that there's a lot of tooling. And as Connor mentioned about things like Azure Information Protection, companies have the tools. Sometimes they just need to look at the capabilities that are there and actually realize them and uh, extract the value from their already, you know, rather expensive investments over time. Um, but they can really maximize that value and get the best out of it. A lot of the time, some of these risks can be mitigated quite easily. But it's understanding the why, why something's occurring and, and what is occurring. Yeah, superb. And, and you're absolutely right. We do have these tools available, especially if you're in Office 365, as, uh, as Connor mentioned. Also, if you're not on it, then uh, certainly recommend it because it does have so many different tools. But you do need those ex experts to come in and show you where, where to look every now and again, don't you? So, hey, it's been a great session today. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, it's been, a, you know, I really do hope uh, you've enjoyed the session too. 
Cheers. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank and that's it from us. If you've enjoyed today's session, please do give us a quick like or share on social media. It's always appreciated. I'm Rob Scott from UC Today. Thanks for watching.